Thank you for tuning in to episode 35 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I am not Matt Deitch, and he is not Scott Sturman. That's so, a fact. Yeah, that is a fact. <laughs> episode 35, the Jeremy Clausen episode. I guess we could say we're kind of dedicating it to him. Yeah. Probably better give a little backstory on that one. Well, Jeremy K. not only is a fisherman, he's also used to be a B-Mod racer, number 35 down here at Rapid Speedway in Rock Rapids, Iowa, and yeah. When I when I saw that it was episode 35, I was like, oh, yeah, the Jeremy Clausen episode. This is perfect. That's right, because we're kind of contractual obligated to mention him at least once or twice in an episode, right? Yep. Every every single episode, we got to mention him once uh, due, to, due to the contract. Uh, you know, when you when you get this big. That's con- right. Yeah. Contracts and sponsorships and all sorts of stuff. You got to keep the neighbors happy, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> So no, episode 35, it's kind of a big one because we've got some things to talk about, especially you. You had an exciting week last week, uh, headed up to Canada. Yeah. Well, I bet you that wasn't a bad time, was it? No, it it didn't suck at all. Um, No, I'll just, I'll kind of tell you the whole story on how it went down. Uh, Last Thursday, me, my brother, my son, and my dad all took off uh, early Thursday morning, uh, five five something o'clock a.m uh took off uh made it way up into south dakota grabbed grabbed a little something to eat and and got up to the border where we ran into just an absolute freaking not a nice dude at the border so after a little uh tussle between me and him not physical just just a verbal altercation we we finally made it through and and after that all the canadians were great people <laughs> just <laughs> just not that one guy just not that border patrolman yep huh? yep but no anyways we we got up to lac du bonnet uh lac du bonnie lac du bonnie lac du bonnie yeah i'm not french but <laughs> anyways yeah no we got to lac du bonnie uh boarded our our uh float plane and headed out to lake wapaskapec and the atacaki provincial forest i mean there there was there was no crash course they dropped us off and it was see you later we (laughs) we barely knew how to freaking get the boat started we unpacked our stuff hopped in the boats and and kind of went around and it didn't it didn't take us very long and we were on fish uh yeah they, they weren't big fish but we started off with some northerns and then we knew that there was an inlet on the far end of the lake we went up there, found some rapids, and it was just like fishing the river down here. Uh, started casting and caught northerns and, and plenty of walleyes. That night, we were letting tons of walleyes go. Everyone was getting their crack at them, and, and it was a lot of fun. We kept what we wanted for supper and thought, oh, man, you know, now we've got the spot for the rest of the weekend that we're going to continue to come back here and catch walleyes if we need. Well, yeah, the next morning we came up and the northern fishing was, or, or we woke up, the northern fishing was just insane. We could not not catch northerns. <laughs> every other cast, every third cast, we were cracking northerns and caught caught a couple big ones. Uh, not not super big, but up over 35 inches. It was a lot of fun. We, we went the rest of the day and decided, yep, we're going to go back to the walleye spot. Well, walleyes weren't there. And, and that was just really kind of the story of the whole entire trip. Uh, we could not put any patterns together. I mean, we caught fish every single day, but it was never where we did the day before. And, and it was just really, it, it was kind of all over the place. But hmm. uh, 
every all four of us caught our new personal best northern uh the big fish of the trip was my brother with 39 and a half uh had 37 and a half by my dad me and grady were both down in the 36s and yeah it it, it was a lot of fun i god dang it I, yeah it sounded like it when you were you were kind of telling me about it the other last night and sounds like all of you guys kind of made some memories and stuff like that and uh yeah getting that short lunch oh gotta, yeah gotta yeah. enjoy that we fried a bunch of fish it did yeah it, it was an absolute blast now how about uh you had a little excitement you had a pretty big one on didn't you i did i did and thanks for bringing it up i had, I had well always. you know everybody wants to hear that you know everybody hears the the fish catch stories but not everybody sometimes you know hears the heartbreak the the miss and thing well, those stories well i'll tell you the story so the day before, I had gone and caught a 36 and a half inch in this little pocket. Uh, I don't know. It didn't look good. I, I mean, the spot didn't look good. It was a cool area because there was a lot of rocks and kind of some grassy stuff and whatnot. But it, it was a small area. It, it it wasn't typically what we were fishing. But we just happened to be kind of going through, and I was like, "Ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna quick toss one up in here," and I did. Caught this 36 and a half, which ended up being my biggest fish of the trip. And uh, so the next day we were back in that same area. We had a little time to kill, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna toss one more up in there. So I did, and uh, didn't get any hits while it was out there, and got it back up to the boat. And I most of the time I was kind of figure eighting and whatnot when I would get it back. So I just started to figure eight, got lazy, kind of did a half a eight, and uh, I was I was running a bait caster reel. Clicked the bail and boom. I mean, right as I clicked it, this thing just showed up. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I tell Grady, I'm like, he's going to bite, he's going to bite, and boom, he does. Well, in the meantime, my bail is open, my thumb is on the spool, and I'm like, what in the world am I going to do? <laughs> and so I did basically everything that you shouldn't do. I tried setting the hook with my thumb just on the bail no you know just pure tension nothing nothing more than that and i thought man if i set the hook and kind of reach out and grab that grab my reel at the same time i'll i'll you know set the click the bail click on the it, bail yeah. on it and and kind of do it all in one motion well i'm not quite as swift as as what i imagine and i, I hooked it i know i hooked it and uh got two good pumps out of him and I, I, I was already yelling for Grady to get the net, and boom, he came off. And, oh, man, that, that one. <laughs> a little heartbreak. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would have rather him not have even bit, you know, and, and just laughed at me and swam away. <laughs> yeah, so you could have said it was a near miss, but just having the fish hooked, it just is, yeah. That, yeah, and, you know, I mean, I can't blame it on the, the hooks being barbless. It, it wasn't that. It was just playing out me being stupid and, well, and sometimes it's just they catch you off guard and you, you can't get a good hook set into them that you know they drive the hooks into there they might not grab it fully and uh you know have it completely in their mouth or anything like that and when they start shaking right next to the boat not having much line out it, it's hand-to-hand compact bat right there and it can it can go either way yep what i'm you know and in my head i'm like oh man that thing was 40 plus you know, maybe I would have got it in and it would have been 38 inches. I, I have no clue, but I know it was big. I know it was big enough to really get my heart racing. And 
Well, and Grady saw it hit at the side of the boat too, yep, didn't yep, he? And he saw it. So he I mean, it. it's something you guys. Yeah, you didn't get the fish in, didn't get your picture with it and stuff, but still, it's a memory that you guys have that you know you'll never forget. And something like that, it might also spark the interest of well, not only you, but obviously with Grady being a younger guy like that, going into fifth grade, right? Yep. I mean, it's it's something that oh man, he could like it could really get him and get really focused on wanting to really catch fish like that yeah i'm i'm thankful he wasn't about four or five years older so that he you know <laughs> at, at that time he was just as sad as i was but uh i'm kind of thinking if he was four or five years older he would have just really been making fun of me the whole time <laughs> and i'll tell you this i was not in the mood to be made fun of <laughs> yeah so. it's at the moment sometimes it's just kind of like you don't want to talk about it you don't want to you don't really even want to see anybody you just kind of want to be alone with your thoughts and replay it through your head and it, it seems like it was probably it took it was probably a five-minute battle, but it probably was 15 seconds at the most. Yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. As fast as it happened, it was done, but wow. it seems like you're in slow motion the whole time, and you can kind of picture everything that was going on when it happened. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a maybe a five-second ordeal, and yeah, if, if they could make a Southwest Airlines commercial want to get away, that's, <laughs> that's where I was because it was just, oh, man. That, that one will haunt me until I get back up there, and, and hopefully, you know, I can – you know, uh, when you're up there, you're you're always chasing forty inches. You know that's the right. deal. You want to chase forty inches, and and uh, you know none of us did it, none of us got it. But if I go back up there next year and crack something over forty, I, I think I'll be able to forget about this one. But until that time, no, no, it it, it was disappointing. But yeah, you guys so caught fish every day though. Yeah, right? definitely. Mm. Uh, we had a rainstorm come through the second day. And you could definitely tell that that took its toll on the fishing. Uh, we had caught fish earlier that morning, came in for lunch. It rained over our lunch hour. We ended up just kind of laying around, taking cat naps, and then going back out after the rain had passed. And the fishing was never as good after that, you right. know, that evening or the next day. Of course, like always, the day we left, beautiful. And, <laughs> and that's just kind of the way it happens, but... Um, no, you know, the the big fish deal kind of got me thinking, you know, when when you're up there, I have no clue what the Canadian record, what the Manitoba record on a northern pike is, but take it down here to the States. It doesn't have to be Iowa, doesn't have to be Minnesota, but if you could hold one state record for a fish, what would it be? That's kind of a tough one. Um, you know, obviously you think right away about walleye. Up in this area, walleye is probably one of the more prestigious ones. You'd probably get more notoriety for it. People, you know, would probably be in the news more. Um, that one would probably be fun, but along with that, you'd have a bunch of naysayers, just like that one up in North Dakota oh, yeah. earlier this year that ended up not being recognized as one. But, you know, you're, you're going to have the naysayers no matter what. You're going to have the people that are behind you that want to see that fish. But there's just something about maybe, like, hooking into a state record smallmouth bass that would be kind of your kind, deal kind of cool to to have just you know the the bass community guys would really appreciate it or the bass community people would really appreciate it uh you know everybody else might not think it's a big deal but you're talking about like a eight 
plus pound fish, smallmouth bass. That's just, uh, to me, to hold something like that would be crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, a largemouth would be cool, too, you know, something up over 10. But there's just something about that smallmouth. And it's not just because I've been catching them lately. I mean, they just, uh, there's just something different about them, the way they fight, everything like that. So Absolutely. That's probably, that's probably what I would choose is probably the smallmouth bass. Um, of Minnesota? Yeah, Minnesota would be cool really any state up in this area because they're all their state records are all pretty big i mean south dakota was set here a couple years ago and that one's like seven pounds and 13 ounces really and that fish was only like i don't know if it was 20 even 20 inches it was just, just a that's, football that's, fat. i was watching the bass elite series today out on the st lawrence river and they're catching a lot of smallmouths big ones out there and they caught a couple of them and they reel them in and just looking at those fish it's just like they they just eat until they just can't eat anymore and then they just keep eating and there's nowhere for them to put the fat the weight on or anything like that it just i don't know they just look like little footballs i mean they're just as wide and round as they are long some of them are it's kind of like the south dakota north dakota perch when you right exactly right perch it's like how do you even swim straight (laughs) (laughs) it's like they can even you know usually fish's eyes you know you think they're pretty big but some of those dang things it's just like how can you even see? Because there's, I mean, they look tiny on their heads because their backs are crooked. Because right, it's so. just like, is there something like, are they mutated or what? They're just, oh, they're, they're just big. So that's probably that's probably what I would go with is the smallmouth bass yep. in the open water. Um, yourself? Well, you know, I've when I thought that I was going to ask you this question, I really kind of started thinking about it. One cool thing that I did think about was that Darren Troseth up in Minnesota right. who caught the state record sturgeon last year. That's the biggest fish ever caught out of the out of the state of Minnesota. There that's pretty cool right yeah, there. Yeah, that is. Um but I don't know. I, I really like bluegill fishing. I would love to crack a big bluegill. I don't know right now I've got northerns on my mind. Uh you, you know what I take? You know what one I would like to get is the South Dakota lake trout record, oh. just to hold it over Craig Oiler. <laughs> that that would be that'd be that'd be gold. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I didn't even think about that. That's absolutely think, amazing that I didn't think about. I that. think that I'd send him a postcard every week just to remind <laughs> just him. Just to remind. Him. <laughs> hey, Craig, I still got it. <laughs> oh, that's that's classic. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I I can't tell you for sure what I would do. Maybe, it's, it's, maybe it's a yellow record up in, in North Dakota. That'd be cool. See, you know, when you, when you talk about it like a three-pound perch, you know, some people might be like three pounds. They just hear the pounds, so they think they only think like a, something big as a state record. It would be like a sturgeon where it's, you know, 100 and some pounds. And right. It, it, they think that it's... I mean, if you're going to catch something, don't you want to catch the biggest thing? But it's just, you know, yeah, an eight, nine pound smallmouth bass for me is probably what, what it would be. Yep. Speaking of state records, we'll roll that into, uh, I don't know if you saw or not, but uh, up up near Duluth on Lake Superior, charter captain Jordan Korzanowski and angler Stephen Gotchi landed last Friday a lake trout uh, measuring 45 and a half inches long and 30 and an eighth inches of girth. They plugged it in on a lake trout fish calculator and it came out to be 51 pounds, six ounces, which would have shattered the current record 
of 43 pounds and 8 ounces, caught back in 1955. You got to think that's pretty cool that that it never even crossed their mind to kill that fish, right? Yeah, and, and bring it in. They they let it go immediately. They both. I, I I read an interview on them. They both said, you know what? We never even thought about it. We're not going to go around telling people that we we've got the state record, but. Yeah, you know, like Craig Euler, he, he would not kill a fish exactly. to bring it into Rapid City to the rooster to, to know that he had the state record. I would really like to see a lot more states honor a catch and release record. I, I realize that there's going to be a lot of cheating in it, but right. I mean. Yeah, I, you got to take people for, the, you know, you hope that honest people are the ones that are catching it and yeah. And then you feel bad for the guy who does blow a state record out of the water just crazy because everyone's going to call him a cheater. Right. Everyone, yeah, everyone's yeah. going to call him. Well, not well, not everybody, but you know, every it's you're going to have the, the haters, the naysayers are always louder than the supporters. Yeah, that's for sure. I Ain't mean, I true? think I think that's something like us as a fishing community have got to start doing is you know getting behind each other a little bit more on things like that and you know support each other when things be happy for other fishermen sometimes you see it like online oh gosh people just jump, terrible you know jump all over it and you know you don't if you don't agree with it then just don't comment on it you don't have to hit the like button you don't have to hit anything like that just just don't just ignore it then just move on yeah i mean unless you blatantly know you were there you saw the person do it they did something highly illegal and they're taking credit for it well then maybe you can go through the proper procedures you know with the gfp and the dnr and all that to help justify what happened but if, if you don't know the story, then just, just stay out of it. Don't just chime in with your own thing. Oh, yeah. And that's like deer hunting, you know it's what I mean? Just, and it, it's everything. Yep. You post a picture on Facebook and, oh, photoshopped. Oh, you're holding it too close to the camera. Yeah. It, it, I saw today up in South Dakota somewhere, like on one of the Facebook pages, a guy had a couple 17-inch smallmouth, like 17-and-a-half-inch smallmouth, and he was... He's like, oh, just short of uh, proud anglers, you know. Oh, just short of proud anglers. Well, it was a photo. It's dark, and they were at the ramp, and obviously he's bringing them home to clean them. Uh, and, yeah. and and somebody got on there and was just like, you know, you should have released them if you want them to get to be proud anglers. You know, don't complain about them not being proud anglers when you're keeping them. Oh, exactly. That's what the, and he said on there, they'll never, ever have the opportunity to get to 18 inches now. Because you brought him home, but then and then everybody jumped on that and was like, "He's got every right to keep him and bring him home." And the guy, you know, and they were all, oh, and the guy was like, "I understand that, but understand what I said. Don't complain about them not being proud anglers over eighteen inches when you're keeping them when they're seventeen, seventeen and a half inches because they're never going to be there." And it's like, I I understood his point. Yeah, it's a fish. It's it's a it's a cycle there. You know, you can't complain about a fish not getting big if you're the one that's keeping them when they're a little bit smaller. Right. But if you just want to say, "Hey, had a great night out smallmouth fishing," and post a picture, hey, have at it. And then if somebody jumps on there and says, "Why did you keep those?" Well, because I'm a licensed angler and I get to, and I did everything legally to catch them, and I'm in my rights to do it. But yeah, don't complain about something that you're kind of contributing to as far as that goes and like i said it was i it kind of was funny watching some of the comments on it and people are just being dumb and the guy's like no i know i get what you're saying they're just like 
chasing each other's tails is what they're yep. doing so and i don't want to bring it back to deer hunting but it's, it's still kind of the same thing around here you always have people say oh there's no big bucks around here the same guy who's shot spike bucks the last four well, years yeah. you know yeah well and no then they got and then they got to justify it to themselves why why they shot well if i don't shoot it somebody else is gonna shoot. well yeah. well, <laughs> well maybe they don't and maybe it will get through everybody else and make it through for a few years so. yep and you know listening to the bass live today and reading a few things lately on smallmouth fishing what did they say like an 18 inch smallmouth is like 10 years old is that right yeah so that's it's crazy to think that that you know a fish i mean until it gets to be that proud angler that what's considered a trophy trophy fish i mean they're 10 15 years old and that, that's kind of neat to think about that and and obviously in different systems it's different things i think rivers you know they don't really grow as large as they do in the lakes yep. sometimes because they're always constantly moving their whole life as far as fighting the current so right so yeah yeah as far as that with the state records and it is it's kind of sometimes it can be a double-edged sword to catch one and oh yeah as fun as it and it, it would be cool to see more states start doing the catch and release that south dakota state record smallmouth bass they got that on video of those guys catching it okay they were it's like this bass brawl outdoors Lyle Held, I think, is the guy's name. He caught it. They had their GoPros running that day. He caught it. They caught it, put it in the live well, brought to like, kept it in the live well, kept the water there. This was before all the transportation you got during your live wells and all that stuff. Or they had an aerated cooler or something. I'm not 100% sure how they did it. But they brought it somewhere to get it weighed. They weighed it, certified, got it all certified, and they brought it back out and released it. So. Yeah, that's one thing that I never really thought about with the whole invasive species deal is when you're not allowed to transport water, that does kind of shoot down the and factor. this and, and this was a few years ago with right. as far as uh, now with not being able to keep it in South Dakota, it just kind of start, like last year or something started to do that like a lot of the other states are. You got to drain everything. So, yep. so yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Well, you had a bass tournament this last weekend. Yeah, we did. We had another Iowa Great Lakes Bass Club tournament over in, on Spirit Lake. Um, it was a good little... I didn't really get a chance to do any practicing over there and with all the other events that have kind of been going on lately. So I called up Ramsey and seen. You know, asked him if he wanted to come along and fish in the non-boater side since you were up in Canada. That's when you know you're pretty desperate well, for yeah. a co-angler. Yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> so we went over there got there the forecast wasn't looking for really good for saturday it looked like it was going to be a, a rainy kind of windy day and as we stood in the parking lot that morning and everybody was pretty much expecting that we were going to get wet and i put my rain gear on anyways at least my bibs and a couple of the guys were like what you doing that for you know it's not raining and i was like well i have a tiller boat it doesn't matter if it's no i'm gonna get wet no matter what right, so it's right. <laughs> a little bit of a breeze out here even though i didn't but yeah, we took off, and we, we went to a couple spots first that I thought might be holding fish, and nothing ever really materialized, and Dusty missed one at uh, our second stop. He was throwing chatterbait, I think, and had a large mouth on for just a brief second. Kind of one of those deals like your northern where it hit close to the boat, and yep. really, you know, he wasn't really paying attention, so you don't really... Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> get a good hook set into there, and so then we moved out to... A, a rock pile that i know of that ho- likes to hold fish sometimes and there's some weeds around there and i eventually 
caught like a 14 and a half inch smallmouth. So it was like, okay, here we go. You know, got on the, you know, we got on the board, actually catching a fish. Um, maybe they're up in here and then eventually caught a few more and kind of got onto a little bit of a pattern. And yeah, kind of stood and stayed in the same spot the whole day and caught fish. And we were both able to call a couple times. Uh, most of it was just, you know, calling up ounces over the, you know, the, over the course of the day, it, you know, it makes a difference. Right. But then finally towards the end of the day with about like an hour and a half left or right in there, I finally caught one that was, I was able to have a one pound, one pound call. So that's always nice when you can kind of call in pounds instead of ounces. And that kind of bumped me up and, you know, it finished outside the money. I was up in there. I really don't know where as far as in the field I finished, but it was somewhat close to the money. I think that uh, fourth or third place, which was the last money place, had like nine pounds and four ounces, and I think I had like eight pounds and seven ounces. So, you know, I was right close in there. Just needed a couple more three-pound fish to help get me up there closer. I think the winning weight was like 11 pounds. Second place was 10 pounds, and then nine four. Dusty actually came in third in the non-boater division. He ended up with like seven pounds and seven ounces. I think he won $25 is what he won through that. Uh, but, you know, for his first experience in a tournament, oh, I mean, like I said, had we caught tons of fish that all day long, and uh, it's kind of nice for him. He could just show up and fish, didn't have to bring any equipment. Yeah, or yeah, like Matt's nice guide full, service. Full guide service for him to yeah. get him on fish. I, I didn't have to unhook any of his fish, so that was nice. You know? I'm just letting you know that <laughs> next time I'm not bringing any rods or any tackle. And and just, to, just so you know, when I got back, I did wash out the boat, so <laughs> it's all clean now and everything. Oh, so. It's been slippery. <laughs> oh, what a mess. It was interesting. You know, you talk about it when you're in a tournament situation like that, and we can use nets to land our fish. Uh, having somebody that hasn't run a net a whole lot, like has a, is tournament fishing. You and I are pretty comfortable with it now. We've done it a lot with each other. We know kind of when when to do it and when not. Uh, uh, so it, that's something that you really don't think about. I really didn't like talk to him about it before hooking up with one. So you know, it's it's one of the most nerve wracking things to do. I oh, could, absolutely. I, could, I couldn't imagine what it was like last year and the years before for the co anglers in the FLW tour the big tour that you're netting these fish for these pros and it's like that's the last thing you want to do is something you do to screw up to knock that fish off right when there's big money on the right. line that's a whole different ball game you know for us it's a couple hundred bucks and and you know and, i mean you know just our competitive spirit right us you know i mean i know we've never between us two we've never had one that the net man was the cause of one getting away but I mean, we've had good fish get off at the boat, yeah. and we're pretty distraught. Yeah. When when you're a guy that's hopping in a boat with somebody else that you don't really know, exactly, and then you're the cause of something like that that could potentially cost a guy tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, <laughs> that's a big deal. I, I wouldn't want to do it, I'll tell no. you that. So, you know, just working on, like, wind, too, because those, those smallmouth bass are so temperamental. Just when you think, it's like, okay, here they come, you're going to be able to they're going to swim right into the net they take that last dive and they just go down and sometimes if you're not careful that line can hit the net and snap it right there so there's kind of an art form for it you know finally i was like okay just just keep the net out of the water the whole time and let me bring and then finally when it's ready i'll bring it to you and right. then get it ready to go and then even then sometimes it looks like it's going in the net and those darn things will also want to do a little tail walk and just turn and start going the other way and it can get pretty wild uh so no yeah i mean to catch smallmouth 
two and a half to three pound smallmouths all day long. It, it was fun. I think that was the first time Dusty, he kind of made the comment that he's ever really caught smallmouth bass in a lake yeah. compared to the, yeah. our river here in town. And yeah, I, I mean, they hook up, you hook up into one of them and it's just like, when you first hook up into one, you think that you have a five pounder on every single time. And then you get them up and it's like a two and a half and it's just like, oh, okay, you know, but so then it's just like, just imagine what it's like when you do finally hook into one of those giants that is like a five and a five pound plus fish. It's the fight is crazy. I know Emily and I went over there yesterday and like second cast, I hooked into one and I think she thought I was just fooling around and playing with it. Like just hurry up and get it in the boat, you know, cause she's used to me whenever we go going up shallow flipping and you hook into a fish and sometimes you got heavy gear and you can just pull it up out of there and flip it right up into the boat. Not those, not when you're out there with spinning gear, you know, medium light rods and, you know, eight pound line. It's right. It's like you really want to tire them out and then get them in there. And then finally, she cast out the one time and she's up back there. And I, I, I kind of was watching her rod a little bit. And I was like, man, it looked like she had a fish on. But then she's like, I'm on a rock. I'm snagged, you know. And she's like, oh, come on. And she's kind of pulling on it. And when she would pull back on the rod, it would kind of pull back down. And I'm just like, I don't know if you. I, go, are you? Swim. I was like, are you sure you're snagged? And she's like, I think so. And she starts reeling. And she's like, well, maybe in about that time, out there away as a smallmouth jumps up into the air. I'm like, you have a fish on right now. <laughs> and she's like, oh, oh, oh. And then, I mean, for her, that was the biggest, that's the biggest smallmouth she's ever caught in her life. It was a big one. So, you know, sitting there and that thing fighting. And, and she was just like, holy buggers. I think she kind of got a appreciation for the fight that those things have. So, yep. So, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, yesterday. So, we went back over there, kind of the same spot. I just wanted to see if they were still hanging out in there. And it's kind of windy over in that area. So, yeah, yeah, it was kind of. We ended up moving and fished a couple more spots, really didn't catch anything else. Went back to that spot and I caught another one. And then then we decided just to get off the lake and go. So, yeah, and she, I got to give a shout out to her. She's been really practicing on backing the trailer down into the you know into the water at the end of the day and she went up there got it and pulled up and backed her straight right in that's, that's not easy no to do. that ain't an easy thing to do i know so, that there's a lot of them guys oh, yeah well yeah we saw we saw at the bassmaster uh, open here in lacrosse here a couple weeks ago <laughs> there's a lot of grown men that, that can't right. do it very good neither there's or a lot of grown men that are really good at well it, yeah i mean there's a lot of people yeah, that's you know you talk about that back in the boat down in like I told her, the biggest thing when you're doing it is go slow and make small adjustments. You know, sometimes people panic and they're just like, oh, I'm way out of whack. So they've got to, they turn all the way over this way. Then all of a sudden you start going. Then all of a sudden you're just all over the place with it. And, and it's, it's just like try to get it straight. And then when you make corrections, just make little ones and kind of slowly back it down in there. And, you know, there might be somebody out there that says, no, that's not the way to do it. But for me, that's kind of the, the more comfortable the way to do it sometimes if you get in a hurry that's when everything starts going wire and you just stop thinking and yeah. yep for sure for sure so no good time the bite's been pretty good over there at that was on spirit lake and now our next one is september 22nd i think sunday september 22nd back on okaboji so hopefully. it is back on okaboji and then yeah. the tournament after that the first day is on spirit, spirit lake and then they do an okaboji the next day right yep that's a two-day tournament that's our last two tournaments of the year it's not like a two-day tournament i should say it's a tournament each day as i'm right. pretty sure if i remember right how they do it and then 
that night is kind of they have a little banquet and yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm looking it's, forward it's, to getting back into it it's I, been really fun that group over there is it's a fun group of guys uh, it's competitive but everybody is very cordial with each other yep. you know they when somebody comes in with a good bag everybody's excited about it uh you know somebody's got a big bass everybody's coming up there saying oh you know good job you know that's nice looking fish right so i mean it makes it it makes it more fun makes you want to come back there and, and do it so who do you got this weekend on the st lawrence river i hope brandon lester comes through he's not having a great day today but he's kind of up in there in the top 30 that's who i took out of the number one pool um i did take out of the last pool e i took carl jacobson and i don't as i did it i was asking myself why are you doing this but he's not having a real great day as far as i know i mean they're doing weigh-ins right now this one this tournament was a little different because it didn't start until like nine o'clock in the morning and goes till like four o'clock in the afternoon i mean it's nice for those guys because a lot of those guys were talking about how they can sleep in and you know just kind of hang out and then go out there but I mean, I guess that could be a deal why some of the weights seem to be down. I, I think a lot of people thought everybody was going to go out there and catch. 30 pounds. Yeah. Like right. Everybody was going to be catching five-pound smallmouths. But, you know, it can change in a hurry as far as some of the weights. Yeah, I got Brandon Lester, Brandon Card, uh, Paul Mueller. He's probably doing the best for me right now. I got Gussie, Jeff Gustafson, and then Carl Jackson. Gussie's up there. So. Well, he's down. He's in the twenties somewhere, twenty-four or something. Well, that was according. That's according to Bass Track too. Well, that's the Bible. <laughs> that's always right, right? <laughs> no, I got uh, Chris Johnston. Yeah, he's leading it right now. Jamie Hartman, who's who's up in there too. He's in eleventh right now. I got Gussie, Chris Grow. And God dang it, who was my Grow is in twenty. God dang it, I forget who who I had. But I, See, I'm this pretty is, sure this is an example of this bass track that we're talking about. It's the estimated waiter of these guys that they have all day long. And right before we started recording this, I said fighter is having a terrible day. He has eight pounds. You know, is all he's got today. Yeah, he weighed in twenty one pounds today. Shut so, up. He's in thirteenth. So. No way, llama. <laughs> so yeah. Yep. How does that even work? How does that happen? Usually what happens is if they don't weigh their fish, yeah, Carl Jackson had five fish for 10 pounds today. Um, Boy, you could have beat him. Yes, no <laughs> doubt about it. I had, yeah, three fish for eight pounds the other day. Uh, <laughs> what A lot of times what happens when those guys catch a fish, they'll just say what they think it weighs. If they don't actually weigh it, they'll just say, oh, I think that one's like three pounds. Yep. And usually they always will say a little less. Right, you want to say less than more. But. but sometimes it happens different, too. All of a sudden a guy will have like 30-some pounds, and everybody's like, holy buckets, he's got a 30-pound bag, and he comes in and weighs like 23. <laughs> <laughs> still still an awesome bag, but right, it's just right. kind of like it wasn't the 30 that they yep. thought. So, no, it looks like you know most of the weights right now, the lowest, yeah, Jacobson, come on. That's what I get for picking Australian. So I do. I, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, beat the dead horse here. But uh, Jeremy K is also pretty proud of his lineup uh, this week, and uh, I actually got him to bet me five dollars. Whoa! Tight wad, Jeremy. But Mister Thirty Five, you got Mister Thirty Five. I got him to bet me five bucks. What I want to know is how much is he gonna cry if I beat him? Oh, he'll he'll whine about it. All right. So when he pays me, you're gonna Facebook live it. You dang right, I will. <laughs> All righty. Well, 
I think that's about all we got until next week on episode 36. Sounds good. I'm Scott Sturman. He's Matt Deitch. See ya.